So guys, it's an end of an era. Toys R Us have went into administration. Some say eventually, waiting for it to happen. Some might be shocked. I'm shocked, but I knew it was going to happen. Toys R Us was part of my childhood, and I'm devastated that it's gone. Now, on here, I'm going to discuss the problems with Toys R Us and how we can actually learn from the mistakes that they've made. Are you looking to up your recruitment and logistics game? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Going In Raw podcast with your host, Ryan Walker. So, guys, the recent bankruptcy, or well, the recent administration news coming from Toys R Us, it's basically it's royalty the toy industry. It's royalty the actual retail industry itself, you know? Struggles at the company are not new, though. This was on the cards back end of last year, even further afield before that. Really, if you look into it, after they took it, they actually took out a $6.6 billion private equity buyout in 2005 with the aim of turning the chamber around. It didn't work. Literally didn't work. And that's a hell of a lot of money to, follow, to push into a company. And it just didn't work. The news is part of a larger trend of closings that some people are calling it something like the retail apocalypse. It's not just Toys R Us that's happening to us. There's loads of other major changes in the industry that people are not aware of. It's the rise of e-commerce, basically. Combined with a shift in consumer preference towards dining out over shopping and years of overbuilding has made for distinct, distinctly unattractive economics in traditional retail. The old retail model is gone, guys. It's gone. People are not keeping up with the trends, and this is what happens. Big companies like this can't even survive. This is what happens. Billions and billions of dollars gone. Billions and billions of pounds gone. People's jobs are gone as well. Now, let's take a closer look. However, and the, the prevailing narrative isn't quite right. You know, Amazon has made a big push into physical retail itself as well. You know, they've been purchasing different companies like Whole Foods for instance for something like 13.7 billion others ranging from Apple they have been using actually an effective model when it comes to stores physical stores so I don't think the problem is with retail itself but it's the inability for legacy firms to adopt to a new model it's literally adopting to something different that's where the problem is. I like the old Granty stores. I think it's great on a Sunday afternoon or a Saturday afternoon going in and having a little shop round. Sometimes I prefer it. You know, um, I read an article uh, from Daryl Rigby. I mean, he's he wrote this in his Harvard Business Review. And he mentioned every 50 years, retail goes through a major disruption. The rise of urban centres led to big department stores, cars created suburbs and shopping centres. Toys R Us emerged in a wave of category killers and discount outlets that arose in the 1950s and the 1960s. So they took on the bandwagon. Then, as now, economics were shifting. Abruptly, uh, as I might add, as families moved out to outside these big cities and outside the outskirts of these big cities, away from the centre, and you had major roadworks and road networks being created, improved distribution and logistics. A single store focused on a particular product area made a lot of sense. Massive big box stores providing lower prices and greater selection across small retailers. Because back then, all you had uh, these toy shops and small retailers were on the high street. They're only small stores. When these big boys walk up, 
and the industrial estates. They're going to take away from it because it's convenient, it's easier. Big car parks, low prices, fantastic. People jumped on it, you know. And it, these little ones just couldn't compete. They couldn't compete. This is the environment Toys R Us basically thrived upon. You know, most people of a certain age today remember the thrill of going into a Toys R Us store. I remember it as a kid. I used to love going into Toys R Us. My parents took me in there. I used to be there for hours, hours. And the good thing about parents, they were drawn by the everyday low price model they were looking at. The local toy store seemed positively, get my words out, drab by comparison. They couldn't keep up, couldn't keep up. I even remember the Toys R Us advert at Christmas time. That was a belter, wasn't it? You know, I don't want to sing it because it'll probably get stuck in your head. It'll probably get stuck in my head as well. But that was a great, it was a great time. Going through the catalogue when you're a kid, finding out what you could buy. It kind of rivaled Argos's catalogue a little bit. But I preferred Toys R Us because I had some good stuff. I had some Lego in there. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Loved playing with that when I was a kid. <laughs> right, but today retail is in the process of being reinvented once again and Toys R Us has failed to keep up with everything really as economics and the industry has shifted against it now those endless aisles pale in comparison with what's available online and rock bottom prices could be found elsewhere in places like Amazon, eBay even at your department stores like Tesco, Asda they're basically beating them they've got their own online system, you can do the business right there and then. I think Amazon was one of the major factors of going down because Amazon's a juggernaut, you can't compete with them, and if you can compete with them, God, good luck to you, well done. I'll take my hat off to you. On a more fundamental level, the challenge for retailers like Toys R Us is that the basic function of a physical location has changed. Traditionally, stores were optimised for driving transactions. Cash registers were plentiful, you could see them everywhere, and easy to find, and success was measured with metrics, like, um, I think they used sales per square foot, an average size of transaction, so they were doing things different. Nowadays, it's completely different, we don't judge it on that anymore, you know, yet now a transaction can happen anywhere, any place. You can even be sitting on your kitchen table, waiting for a train, sitting on the train. I bet some of you have actually been sitting watching telly, doing your shopping online on Amazon while watching EastEnders or Coronation Street or whatever ones you do. You've got the power there and a little small device in the palm of your hand to browse anything you want. You can compare prices and order from thousands of retailers competing for the attention. The attraction of endless aisles has been replaced by the thrill of instant gratification. You're not going to be bothered going to a store on a Saturday afternoon now. People are too busy. People, people can't be asked. I myself sometimes can't be asked. You know, when I have to do shopping, I want to do it online, so I know it's done. I can go and do other things. I don't know, like take my daughter to the park, have some fun with the family. Instead of being traipsing around the department store, picking stuff up, hunking it in the back of a car, and then back on. You don't need to do that anymore. Things have changed. E-commerce has taken over the industry. To understand the shift, just walk into your nearest Apple store. Right, I did a little bit of research on this as well, and I didn't realise this until I did some what Apple are actually doing. What they're doing is genius, right? You'll find a limited selection of products and no cash registers. You'll not see a physical cash register in an Apple store. You won't see a massive array of aisles in an Apple store. What you'll find instead, as you arrive, you'll be greeted by an actual person who has been trained to answer your questions and offer advice. The experience is far more, we call it high touch, 
than it is high tech. The reason Apple stores look like they do is they're not designed solely to drive transactions, but to do everything else that can't be done online, such as build relationships with customers, offer a service and upsell. So what they're doing, they realize that nine times out of 10, people are gonna buy online or point and click and do all that sort of stuff online. They're using their shops and their physical stores for people who need advice, problems with their products, who need help with iTunes or the iPhone's not working, replacements, repairs. They're using that. I think that is absolutely brilliant. Never realized that. So the next time you go into an Apple store, have a look. You'll be very surprised. But Apple isn't alone either. A number of successful online online retailers are becoming increasingly focused on the physical world for a number of reasons. Um, look at Amazon, for instance. Their purchase of Whole Foods gives it a much more comprehensive distribution footprint, which will help increase the efficiency of its online model. So they're using that to their benefit. You know, a more interesting development and one more pertinent to the challenges that Toys R Us is facing is the emergence of shoppable showrooms. Now, if you don't know what a shoppable showroom is, it's basically um, something, it's a physical shop that customers can get fitted, consult, stylist, and products, process returns, just like in a standard store, but don't stock any inventory, which allows for small locations and saves on costs. A lot of companies are now testing this model to see if it's beneficial, similar to what Apple are doing and with their stores. But the thing is, imagine if Toys R Us followed this model by open up small playrooms where parents could drop kids off, test out a revolving selection of latest toys. You can imagine how by the time they came back, kids would be begging them to order anything they have been playing with for the past hour. With traditional physical locations serving as a distribution centre, same-day delivery could be arranged at a minimal cost as well. So you're chucking your kids in, they're playing with the toys, the kids are loving it, they want to buy it, same-day delivery, minimal cost. Argos are doing it, except obviously they're not the play thing, they do same-day delivery. Amazon do same-day delivery. It's not out of reach, it's not impossible to do, it is there. But instead of going for these kind of high-touch way of thinking, Toys R Us opted for high-tech. They wanted to go the high-tech route. Rolled out new features like, um, I think it was Find It Fast, it was called. This basically allowed customers to locate which stores had which toys using the the, the loyalty program to better target ads and better product. Didn't really conduct lifestyle management. Not, not, didn't really bad idea, but it failed to address the shifting economics of retail, to be fair. It didn't really solve the problem it's like you've got a, a a leaky pipe and you just put tape over it it's going to be a bodge job it's just repairing it short term in the long term it's not going to do much you know it's uh, you may have some low customers but it's not going to set the world alight there'll never be a technology superstar you know toys R us was never going to be that and it'll find it hard to compete with logistics operations of companies like your argosies your um amazons Tesco's, Asda's, all them sort of places as well. If it can't be fun, it just won't survive. It won't survive. You know, a good example really is another way of doing it is look at Lego. Um, Lego has made something called Lego's Discovery Center. Basically what Lego is, it's a pop-up shop. You know, it's a typical location. They sit in an empty 
location in a department store or a shopping centre. And it features miniature versions of the same attractions that can be found at uh, their amusement parks. You know, um, the strategy gives Lego a strong negotiation position with kind of shopping centre owners who are in need to fill space. You know what I mean? So they use pop-up shops. I mean, other retailers are taking advantage of the shifting economics, economic, sorry, of retail to experiment with these pop-up shops, which can be used to test new concepts or to provide a larger footprint during key time periods like Christmas, Easter, summer. Pop these shops up in the different high streets where there's an empty shop. Get them there for about two or three weeks and see how they get on. You know, it's commercial landlords can be more flexible these days. More than a few merchants are learning to love the retail apocalypse because of that, because they're using space. Some actually, if you go further into the city, into London, sorry, you get pop-up shops all the time in the major high streets, in the major, um, like Soho, get them in Oxford Street as well. Even Oxford Street are doing it. Pop-up shops are the way forward nowadays. So, what can we learn from the failure of Toys R Us? Um, well, to adapt is that the answer to disruption is not to double down on a failed model, but try to get better and better at things people care about less and less. But shift your efforts to what they want more. Value never disappears, it just moves to another place. You know, they just didn't take the time and effort. For some strange reason, they didn't take the time and effort to actually look at the way it's going. I think they knew the time was up, they were just elongating it as much as they can. They just wanted to kind of milk it as long as they could. How do you know that? Well, look at the end of the year financials from Toys R Us and then have a look at how much bonuses the directors took out. Millions. They knew what was happening. They took the money and ran. Which is a fucking shame if you ask me because that's people's lives at stake. You know, They could have had an opportunity to put... 10 years ago, they put billions of pounds into that company. They couldn't do it. Couldn't do it right. But they, it's okay. They don't care. They're sitting in the yachts, you know what I mean? sniffing stuff up their nose and putting champagne down their necks to make themselves feel better in their yachts, where you've got the lonely guys in the end of the street corner, or the, the working class people, I should say, struggling to make ends meet because they've just lost a job. People have been working there for 10, 15 years, loving the job, and now they're on the street. Or now they've not got any work because some guy just couldn't be asked doing his job right. It's not the first time it's happened, and it certainly won't be the last. It's just shocking how people can't do their jobs right. Anyway, that's my rant over. So, guys, Toys R Us, it's a straight state of affairs. It's quite devastating. It's part of my childhood. But if you see any guys out there who are looking for work, who used to work at Toys R Us, give them a shout. Put them in the right cot, put in the right way of thinking. Ask them what they're looking for. Help them. You know, and it's not just for them. Look at the guys at Carillion as well and your Palmer Harveys before Christmas. Give them a shout as well. It might be too a bit late in the day for their guys, but they've probably got jobs. But keep an eye out for them. Thanks for your time, guys. Please like, share, subscribe to the podcast. Please share it with your friends. Keep commenting on it. If it's uh, something you're interested in, I love your feedback. I want to hear from you. So if you want me to talk about anything different or you've got a subject you want to come on the podcast and talk about, please hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, even email me. Details are in the bottom. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure once again. Thanks for your time. Take care. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Going In Raw podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe. And for more great content and to stay up to date, visit walker-recruitment.co.uk on Facebook at Walker Recruitment and Twitter at Walker underscore REC. We'll catch you next time.